Hello, welcome to another episode of the POV Podcast. I'm Ed and I'm here with Jason. How are you doing today, Jason? I am here. I am good. Still in lockdown, still within these four walls. But I am good. How are you, Ed boy? I'm alright. The world's just going to shit, isn't it? <laughs> that's, that, that's saying it politely. It is going to shit. Um, yeah, and today... I don't know if he's in the news, there is now a green circle around Mars. I don't know what that's about, but uh, whoever's <laughs> predicted a... It, it's on Twitter, I retweeted it, saying pretty sure this is how War of the World starts, but whoever <laughs> had aliens in the 2020 bingo has uh, definitely got that one. Well, well did uh, like America release some footage of UFOs? And, like, and they're like, we have no idea what these are. Here's some videos, and that no one like remembered it because it was like during peak corona. I know, it's just kind of like, not now. Like the one thing that will be interested in, we want it when we can remember it. And I think NASA have recently sort of discovered something to do with like a parallel universe where time runs backwards. Which uh, sounds like a Christopher Nolan wet dream. I bet that will release in July as well. I know. I really don't want that to come out because I want to go and see it in a full cinema where I, you know, I'm probably guaranteed to still be alive within a couple of weeks after seeing it. Oh. Uh, I think Cineworld announced that they're opening up um, just, early uh, July. I don't get how it's going to work. No films are going to make money. Uh, no, it's just going to make it more expensive once we all go back anyway. Yeah, it'd be like 20 quid a ticket for weeks. I know. But no, I don't, I don't get what... Apparently, I read something the other day saying it's uh, they've delayed it two weeks just to keep Christopher Nolan happy. And I was like, I don't care about his happiness. I care about... <laughs> Being alive. Why? Why is he so set on the July like this July re- release date? Like, I think he obviously wants to be the guy who reopens cinema, isn't he? And also be the guy to kill people. I know because <laughs> I was like, they've delayed Wonder Woman, and that's Warner Brothers' like biggest like property at the moment, and that's yeah, coming out in October now. And Warner Brothers have gone. It's okay, we can delay it. Like for some reason, Chris Moore's like, oh. <laughs> I just don't get it. I mean, if they can delay Bond movies and Marvel movies and Disney movies, they can just put the foot down and just be like, Chris, just shut the fuck up. Yeah, someone who's so transfixed with time, he doesn't have much, does he? No. But, <laughs> <laughs> but there's another film I want to come. I want to go and watch called Saint Maud, which is a A24 film, which was made. Uh... That's still got its summer release date, and it's just kind of like it's a horror film. Which allows us to segue to our topic of today. Yes. And I saw the trailer for it earlier this year. I was like, oh, that looks really good. Then when I was like, oh, it's not come out yet. And then I was like, hopefully it's next year. And no, it's coming out. And the 20th of July or something like that. And it's just irritating. Yeah. But uh, today's topic, we're going to be talking about how horror films got good in the 2010s. Yeah. And, uh, uh, I know uh, you're uh, a big uh, fan of horror. Yeah, like, I'm not going to say like. They just like miraculously got good. I I just believe the studios got more of an effort in. Yeah, there was there's more of a push towards horror. Um, horror um, as a genre has been kind of the bastard child of film genres. Where I uh, just give it twenty quid to make a film that would make a few few bucks in in, in the cinema. But uh, kind of post two thousand and ten, there's been some. A lot of money put put towards certain films. A lot of good talent and directors. Yeah, and, uh, I really agree with that. Recently, I've 
uh, I've been on a huge like buying spree of like cheap Blu-ray films off eBay, and I've got a couple of horror films off there. I've only seen one of them so far, which was The Witch. I don't know if you've seen that one. That came out in like 2013 or something like that. I, I have not, and then that is kind of on my list of horrors to watch. Um, it is a very good film. It's all made it's set in um, just in like uh, what's it called now? When all the pilgrims were going over to America, but it's set in like that sort of time period in like New Hampshire. Yeah, and I find that sort of time period really creepy in horror films because there's nothing they can fight against the a demon or whatever is haunting them with. And it's it takes place in this very religious family. These are made are made outcasts. Uh, this uh, area that they live in, and then they have to go and live on the edge of a dark forest where there is a witch. And uh, it's just really like cleverly made, and it's all done with uh, natural lighting as well. There's like no artificial lighting in the film. And yeah. I think that when there's scenes in the cabin at night time in this film, it feels very intimate and creepier because you can only see what they can see through the light of the candles that are in the room. Okay. And, uh, yes, yeah, I, I would also go and say that horror has become more of like a... Or like the good horror films are more like thinking man's films or woman's. Yeah, it's... it's... And it's not relied on the, the classic jump scare. It's relied on atmosphere. It's relied on direction, lighting. Themes. Uh, time and, uh, yeah, thematics. Um, you know, you kind of revert back to the mid-90s uh, and the 80s. You, you kind of focus on your, sla- your slasher genre where kind of more recent horror has been more a- atmospheric. It's been bit more entwined with social themes um, if you look at uh, Jordan Peele's recent films but yeah horror has really taken a step up um, in, the, in, the kind of re- in the past decade um, which, which I, I love because I do love horrors and I always find watching horrors in a cinema to be a very re- rewarding experience yeah, I think the last film horror film I saw with a full cinema was uh, It Chapter One. And it just added to the experience of going because everyone was... Oh, you could obviously tell there was, everyone was very scared. And uh, I, I, when it's like that, I, the atmosphere in the cinema, you can really feel it. It's like yeah. if, if there was a quiet scene and you were to scream out loud, I guarantee you, you would make the whole screen shit themselves. <laughs> but... Uh, it I really enjoyed because I'd never really I'd not seen the nineteen nineties one. No, so I'd, I'd only ever seen it like bits of it, so I didn't really I didn't really remember any of it. So going in and I didn't really know anything about the story. I enjoyed it much more than I thought I would because I'm not an enormous Stephen King fan, but I feel like the adaptations of his work are much better than his books. And I've been yeah, uh, I... I've been listening to the it uh, book recently, and it's it's not great. Uh, I'm, I've I've not read the book, but I'm I'm aware of that there is one scene which is uh, questionable. Uh, I know what you're gonna. Re- I know what you're referring to. In that I've not got up to that bit yet, but there's, <laughs> there's like bits in between. Like one chapter takes place as uh, as the children, and one chapter takes place of them as uh, adults. And it's like if you remember at the beginning of the second uh, it chapter two, there's a uh, two guys beat up. Uh, this gang beats up two gay guys, and. Um, in the book, it's awful because it's just like all the derogatory terms you can think of for gay people 
that are said by the characters. And then it's just like, even in the description as well, and I was like, oh, come on, we get it. The town of Derry is homophobic. <laughs> it's just very weird. And you didn't, thankfully, you didn't really get that in the film. Because it just makes you a bit uncomfortable hearing like the same F word again and again. And uh, yeah. I think my brother agreed because I had it on when I was taking my brother somewhere, and I was just like, "It's okay," but they could just t- they could dial it down a bit. I get the message that Pennywise has this hold on the town that just makes everyone awful. So you could have literally just put that in the first paragraph or something. But... Yeah, you, you didn't really need to kind of hit it over the head constantly. But um, um, going back to it, I'd say that's a good example of mainstream horror still being quite good. But yeah, one of the most successful horrors in history. It made. A, a shitload of money, uh, you know, it, and it had hot, kind of, um, very kind of, uh, big child actors uh, throughout. The cast was great, um, you know, and there was some good. There was good jump scares. There was a good uh, character in Pennywise the Clown that was well acted. I cannot remember the guy's name now. He's Alexander Skarsgård. Oh no, or Bill Skarsgård, I think. Yeah, it's one yeah. of those two. <laughs> um, I, 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 it was one of my favorite films of that year. Which what, what year was it? Oh, it was twenty seventeen. Oh god! Yeah, Did, yeah, the good year of films. <laughs> oh yeah, that was literally one of the best years of kind of, of, of re- releases. Um, but yeah, no, fantastic film. Um, the, the, the sequel wasn't as good as you you ever. I have very strong it, feelings about the sequel, which which I warranted. You know, it, it's it's not as good as the first part. Um, as you know, and it was. I, I, I think it's a similar story to um, the TV movie. People prefer the first part to the second. Um, yeah, because it, it doesn't it doesn't really work. It, it kind of. It just works much better when they have children. Yeah, because I feel like as adults, they're not as scared. Yeah. And what I never understood was, at the end of It Chapter 1, when they beat up the clown, which I love, just because it's like... in the I think in the original, they just like throw a stone at it. Yeah. <laughs> it's just that like, I just really like how these kids, they just beat the shit out of him with like baseball bats and stuff like that and it's just and then in the second one it's just spoilers it's just like um oh basically to defeat him you just need to not be scared of him and i was like how come they just didn't beat you in the first one then <laughs> like they basically yeah, just bully him to death in the second one i was like why couldn't you just done that uh originally i think another issue with uh chapter two is that it was given too much money because it just relied so, so heavily on cgi just perhaps yeah, and there was a lot of practical stuff in the first one, which I think you can appreciate more because you can see the effort that has gone into making the film. Yeah. But uh, no, yeah, it was it was really good, and it, it but was I would, very good. I'd say in the throughout the last decade, there was a lot of more indie horror films, which I I tend to enjoy actually because uh, there's less studio interference, and uh, yeah. you could obviously tell the director gets to uh, put their vision across. So. Uh, if you've got anyone, do you want to mention? Yeah, give I, him a word. I do. I do want to mention. Uh, and this film has, has taken another light because uh, the Babadook, which I think is a fantastic film. Oh, that was but, one of my pre 
lockdown purchase I got because I knew when I, when I knew it was going to happen, I was like, I'm just going to go and buy a lot of films I've never seen, and that was one of them, and I absolutely loved it. It's 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 brilliant again. It doesn't. It, it's kind of more of an atmosphere, um, like when when the when you know the other Babadook is coming, I, I'm absolutely terrified. Like, you, yeah, I, I just I, love I, how I, you don't see it. That's like one of my favourite things about that film is you never actually see what the people are scared of. I, I on on the ride that I watched it because I watched it on uh, DVD a, a few years ago um, in in Sandhurst oh. back in the day. Um, and I remember kind of turn the TV off, turn the lights off. And I literally couldn't get to sleep. I'd put on an episode of Mock the Week just to <laughs> uh, bring some levity to it. But, but Babadook is one of those kind of independent, amazing horror films that's got such a strong direction. And it's got um, a really good twist in it as well. Yes. Like it sort of goes away. You think it's going one way and then it sort of turns it on its head and does things with certain characters that you would expect other characters to do. I don't want to say for people who haven't seen it, but um, it's a female now, director as well, isn't it? The Babadook. Yes, I have a feeling it is. Oh, yeah, Jennifer Kent, yeah. Yeah. And it was a debut film as well. It's, I don't know what it is about indie directors making horror films as a debut film, but they're just really good. It's like The Witch is Robert Eggers' de- debut film as well. Yeah, I probably wasn't heard debut film oh, oh no no it was okay i just had a little search yeah it was a debut film um i, th- I think it was a short she did, uh, yeah she did a short film monster which turned into babadook i think uh. um but yeah it's, it's a fantastic film and for, for some reason babadook is, is turned to a, a a gay icon for some reason yeah, I, mean, like, I remember when the Babadook came out and it was like, how about we ship him with Pennywise? And I was like, how about no, because they're both awful things and we should not be celebrating <laughs> these two beings. Yeah, kind of a, a few years ago, Tumblr took uh, Babadook and made him a gay icon. I don't know how that happens, but... Uh, neither do I. I SpongeBob's now a gay icon. Well, the Nickelodeon have actually, like, they insinuated that SpongeBob was a, a gay icon, so... Yeah, um, I ship it. Yeah, fair enough, but no, um, yeah, the Babadook. I watched it. Uh, I watched it during like I can't remember how long ago it was. Now I've just lost track of time. And um, I just really there was a bit that really creeped me out, and it wasn't just anything to do with the mother or son. It was when the Babadook runs away screaming, and it's from its point of view. And I was, I just looked at my brother. I was like, I didn't like that. <laughs> it was like it sent like actual chills throughout my body, and I don't know what it was about seeing everything from its point of view. Yeah. Because uh, it's like I said, it's like um, do you know in Get Out when you can they can see what's happening but they can't control what's happening. That's what it felt like a bit. <laughs> and I was like, oh, I didn't like that. <laughs> but my favourite aspect of the film is just every time you're about to see it, it's not what you think it is. So uh, you yeah. must have been shitting yourself if you had like your uh, uh, dressing gown on your door that night when <laughs> after you finished watching it. Yeah, I'd like, as soon as the lights turned off, I closed my eyes, I was like, oh no, I can see him, I can see him. <laughs> it's just that smiling face. Oh god, yeah, terrifying, but um... I remember watching it, and then I think my cats were outside, and I was just like, I'll just go and fill up the bowls with food and stuff, I'll send you out, Will, to go and get the cats. <laughs> oh, brilliant. But yeah, the Babadook, I recommend it to, to anyone, uh... So I've recommended it to a few people and they've gone like, oh, it's shit, I didn't like that because it wasn't scary. And I was like, well, you just like shit films like the Paranormal Activity sequels. 
where it's just cheap jump scares. These ones make you think, damn it. <laughs> Not to sound snobby, but... Uh... But yeah, no, I, I prefer like these new sort of like kind of horror films. Like you said, with Get Out was great. Uh, we've said it and those other ones. But um, there was one I went to see in 2015, which was really good, called Lights Out, which is a feature-length version of a short film on YouTube. Yeah. And that was really cool. Um, it's basically uh, the short film is this woman's in a room and when she turns the light off in a house, she can see the silhouette of something. When she turns the light on and off, it's like keeps getting closer and closer, and it is genuinely quite creepy. And then when I found out they were making a feature-length film about it, I was quite excited because I was like, "Oh, I've actually seen the the short film of this," and went to see it with some friends, and we suitably shat out our pants because <laughs> it's a uh, jump scares done right, rather than a lot of the time in that film, the jump scares happen when you least expect it. Which is yeah. what I prefer, because like, quite a few times it's just like, oh, it's going to happen. No, uh, now I'm lulled into a false sense of security and then I'm scared. But I don't know if you've seen that film. It's, it's definitely your thing, I I think. <laughs> so I've not seen the film because I officially noped out of it because I saw the trailer <laughs> of the uh, <laughs> of our town lights off and on again. I was like, nope. <laughs> like, I will watch that in my own time with <laughs> my lights in- on. Broad um, daylight. Because I, Should... I I love horror, but I whenever I, I I put on a horror, I sit down, lights are off. I'm like, why have I done this? I'm gonna hate this throughout, but I I, I can enjoy the fear. But yeah, I, I did no part of it. But um, again, it is on my list of horrors to catch up on because I strongly um, recommend it. You could probably watch it on Monday when it's the longest day of the year, just so you oh, know, yeah. like the longest amount of light when uh, watching it. <laughs> Thanks for the advice, I do that. You're very welcome. But I remember also seeing you nope out of something in Berlin when we went on the dungeon tour. <laughs> nope, nope. I just remember the lights going off in this graveyard oh, in the tour and you, I just heard you go, nope, nope, nope. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm pretty vocal when it comes to horror. So it's, it's always, it's always yeah, fun it's... being in a, in a cinema and you being kind of verbally loud. <laughs> Everyone around you like reacts. It's, it's great. Yeah, what, can you remember that the first horror film you saw at the cinema was? Um, it's probably Paranormal Activity. Um, that's two thousand seven, eight, around that wow. time, or maybe two thousand nine. No, two thousand nine, two thousand ten. Um, yeah, I went to watch that in the cinema, and that was it was actually a pretty good experience. It was the first one. Um, you know, I, I I was I was young and naive. I, I I thought there was some truth to it. I was that that kind of. <laughs> I was like, based it's on a real. true story. <laughs> um, but I, yeah, I, I I thought it was a fantastic experience, and it's one of the reasons why I I enjoy going to the cinema in, in a horror. Piece. I was surrounded by a couple of mates who were just as scared as, as I am, and um, there's there's not many kind of jump scares in it in that film, but you know it. it the first hour, hour and twenty minutes is all atmosphere. It's all waiting for something to happen, and that's more fun than the actual jump scare. Because yeah, that's um, one of the reasons why I actually enjoyed it so much at the cinema was because of that, and it's the only time I've ever screamed out loud in the cinema. <laughs> oh, I don't know multiple times. I've got to start watching horrors in cinemas. To be fair. I can just imagine you going to your doctor's one day and it's just, it's just checking your heart. It's like, sir, you need to stop watching horror films. 
It's like, looks like somebody's yes. been watching The Babadook again. Oh, no. I've been watching Mock the Week. I'm, you just see his coat move in the corner. Like... <gasps> just throw a brain in the corner. I think the first horror film I went to see at the cinema was The Haunting in Connecticut. Ooh, based on a true story. I know. Funnily enough, it was... I liked it at the time, and I was like, ooh, it was a good horror film. Then like, I, don't, I watched it when I was older. I was like, oh, this is a pile of wank. Yeah, that's, it, it, that is a slight issue with watching horrors in the cinema, because your experience is heightened when you recommend it to someone who watches it on DVD um, in daylight. It's it's a completely different experience. Um, like, Paranormal Activity, I was absolutely terrified of. You know, I, I, I didn't want to go to bed on it. I didn't want to go to sleep. <laughs> um, but uh, you, you kind of show it now to people and they're just like oh, nothing happens until the last two minutes oh, it was different in the cinema you weren't there you weren't there uh, I weren't there man I think one of my favourite things in a paranormal activity film though because I do like the first three and there's one yeah. in the th- there's a shot in the third one where there's a camera on top of a fan and the fan's okay. like rotating and yeah, I was just like Oh, we're going to see it. something here. And then you, I, can't, if I, I can't remember if you do or not. And I was like, I just remember just shitting myself because I was like, oh no, I'm following it and I don't want to. Yeah, you you see some things, but you don't, I don't think you see actually any scares. You see like a, a, a like a blanket that's hovering and mm. then it falls down. Um, but that, I think that was directed by the people who did uh, Catfish. I think uh, it was, well. yeah. I um, can't remember what the names are. I don't know what I was trying to remember. <laughs> Um, but I, I feel like the decade before, like the two thousands, horror was just like gore movies. Yeah, it, like, was, kind it of, was just um, mostly the, sore and hostile, if I remember. Sore and hostile, yeah. You know, if I even if I just type in two thousands horror movie, it just comes up with them. Yeah, it's what lies with me. Blair Witch. Yeah. It's 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 not great. It was uh, you know it was it was very mixed. And you could see it at the turn of 2010, um, you know, you got films like, such as Cabin in the Woods, um, which is one of my favourite horror films, just because of the, the, the concept. It yeah, was, that is a great I, film, I, I think. Wasn't it made in, like, 2009 and then no one would sell it? But then when Chris Hemsworth I, got popular, they released yeah. it then, didn't they? Because I remember it coming out from Avengers, uh, after Avengers, it was, like, with the Avengers, Chris Hemsworth in the trailer. And he's barely in yeah. it. He he is barely in it, but I I don't understand why it, it took so long to um took so long to release because it still had some it had some big names behind it, uh, such as Josh Whedon and uh, Drew Goddard, who you know they were quite the, big names at the time. The um, dad from Get Out is in it as well, isn't he? He's one of the controllers. Yes, yeah, um, and uh, oh, the other guy, the, the, the dad from Step Brothers. <laughs> He's, he's yeah, probably Richard Jenkins. That's it. <laughs> he's doing a lot of other things. <laughs> yeah, but I, there's a few horror films I do want to check out. Cause like Del Toro has a a good repertoire of horror. There's a film I think called The Devil's Backbone, which was released in the early 2000s, which is Spanish, I believe. Yeah, and then you also did The Orphanage as well, which. And he just seems like someone who really understands horror, and I think he's a really good director. So it's just like. Whenever he's directing a film that is like horror based or producing it, like you kind of know it's going to be good because of him. Yeah, he he likes his history of monsters and kind of mythical creatures. So 
he, a lot of his films relate back to kind of uh, mythical creatures and it is um you know there's there's a wealth of material there that he uses and mm. I think he, he understands it very well on how to terrify the audience and how to relate a horror um you know you can go to his most recent successful shape of water you, you know he made you feel for a for a creep a fish creature and yeah uh, yeah that was a fantastic example of a recent horror director that just just understands the genre yeah and pan's labyrinth the man with no eyes is one of the scariest things i've actually seen in a film <laughs> And he puts his eyes in his hands and then he chases the Ophelia down the corridor. I genu- it genuinely creeped me out when I saw that. Yeah, that was... Uh, well, it, it, it's just what is kind of you, you, your go-to foreign film. If you want to recommend a foreign film to someone, Paz Labyrinth is always in my top five to, to people. Like, I think it's in my top five films. Ooh, a bold claim. A very bold claim. It's no Pacific Rim, but you know. Uh, which is also Del Toro, I hope. Otherwise, I've made a blunder there. But um, <laughs> have you seen Hereditary? Yes, I have. What yeah, did you I think like... of that? I I loved it. It was batshit crazy. Um, yeah. But for, for some reason, I, I just come drawn into it. Um, because I, for a good like, hour of the film, I have no, no idea what's going on. And you don't really know what's going on until the end, and still by the end, you, you still don't know what's going on. I, I really, that's, I agree with you on that, because um, someone told me that, I said I was watching it, and they were like, oh, it's a rubbish film, it's not scary. And then after I finished it, I was like, well, it wasn't scary, but it was disturbing as hell. Because like, yeah. some of the things that happened in it, it's just kind of like, did that actually happen? And then when it's revealed that it is, it's just like, oh my. And I think, there's a, I'm not going to reveal what bit, but there is definitely a... A scene like that that involves a lamppost. <laughs> yeah, and, and, and annoyingly enough, that that that, that uh, moment you're talking about was actually ruined for me. It was in like a YouTube video, a random what like what culture or random what watch video. I was like, oh, well, I know what's going to happen. <laughs> it was ruined uh, for me in an article when I was going through it, and then there was just a picture of it, and I was like, I've literally just bought this. <laughs> But it doesn't detract from the film. The film is is fantastic, and it it, um, it, it shot well, and the, the the soundtrack is amazing. I've, I've actually I actually listened to the soundtrack while while walk. Well, I used to, used to listen to the soundtrack while walking to work. Um, sounds creepy. It is creepy, but it was, it was quite. I don't know. It was, it, it's weird, but um, Hereditary is a fantastic film, and Tony Collette is uh, excellent. I, it's just kind of like it's one of those things where it's like why does horror never get um, noticed for like Academy Awards and stuff like that yeah because if they did yeah. Tony Collette was a shoe in for best actress for that film yeah uh, horror kind of brings out extreme reactions and Tony Collette's kind of a situational kind of acting you know, yeah it's quite rare just, you get really good performances like that in horror films I think yeah and this is what's been so good about recent horror it's brought in these kind of big actors to big names um, that kind of understand on how to act um it's it's yeah it's fantastic um, i think the best performed horror i've seen recently was this year with uh, the lighthouse 
<laughs> I still get to see that. <laughs> Which, oh, I don't know if horror is the right word. It's a psychological, yeah, I'd say psychological horror. Yeah. And it's just really well made. It's made by Robert Eggers, who did The Witch. And what I like about, another thing I like about his films, he looks at what the language was, would have been like back then and yeah. writes his script accordingly to that. So there'd been like, 80, late, like late 1800s dialect. And then like in a... The Witch, it's all like 1600s dialects and stuff like that. Which I, I just find really cool. Like Those little touches really add to the film because it suckers you in more to the time period, I think. But it's just unfortunate that The Lighthouse was such a meme film. <laughs> it sort of detracts away from like the creepiness of it. And you've seen me and uh, James reference it loads. Well, yeah. If, you know, if, if you've ever seen where Robert Patterson beats up a seagull... You know, it's not even that bit I was on about. <laughs> if I say I the word heart, <laughs> but it's one of those. It's, it's a bit like Hereditary, where you're not really sure what's going on, but after it, it's like that was a really good film. No, I have no idea what happened, but <laughs> god damn, it was good. And, then, uh, and that's what I like about it. It's like films that just make you think after you've been to see it. Yeah, and a lot of the current eight twenty four films have strive for that feeling. Yeah, um, I believe isn't Hereditary A twenty four as well. Yeah, um, yeah. As is Midsummer, which is also by the same director, which is also a great yeah. horror film. You just need. <laughs> I still need to watch it. You need a full day because it's. I think it's like two yeah. and a half hours. Yeah, I think it does reach into three hours, and it's just trying to find the time to watch it. And I know, I know, it's going to be a heavy film or a very peculiar film. Yeah, I just, I just really enjoyed it. It's more like I said, I prefer a horror film if it's more disturbing rather than scary. Because yeah. if it's scary, you can just kind of laugh it off. But the more disturbing it is, the more you think about it and it sticks with your mind. And there is a lot of moments like that in Midsummer. I'm not going to say just because I don't want to uh, uh, spoil it for you. But a friend of ours, Danny, she watched it. She was like, what the fuck have you just made me watch? <laughs> I love it. I love it. Well, yeah, it's, again, that's also on my list. Things to watch. And there's been so much good horror this decade um you've actually been spoiled um i i i even thoroughly enjoyed uh sinister oh that was a great film yeah um i i went into that film like oh it's just for me another kind of conjuring or a similar sort of film that's just uh but i i really enjoyed the concept um and funny enough one of the people who wrote the film um used to be a youtube uh film critic all right the day um and his his film reviews and critic, uh, critiques how got me into film because I used to watch uh, YouTube reviews. Like, this is like early YouTube, um, and then and then he left the uh, he left the uh, critic uh, company. They, they were called Still at the time, and uh, he went off to go write. And um, well, he got quite successful because he'd written. Uh, sinister, and he also wrote for uh, Doctor Strange as well. Not bad. That's quite good going, Matt. But yeah, he, he, he's on Twitter now. I, I cannot remember his name now. It was for the life of me. Um, but yeah, he's on Twitter. He's, he's actually really good because he kind of he gives people writing tips and how to write scripts. Because um, if, if anyone has, has tried writing a script, it is absolutely painful. Um, and on Twitter, he's pretty good. There's a lot of advice, and I recommend looking them up. I will grab his name. 
Uh, I liked Sinister a lot because I remember it was coming out around the time of like Insidious and The Conjuring, and they were just the same film. Yeah. And it wound. It wound I know there is Sinister too, which I haven't seen yet. But with The Conjuring, Insidious, it was just kind of like, yeah, you just know the sequels aren't going to be scary because you you know what to expect now. And I remember yeah. watch, uh, watching Insidious and everyone's like, it's the scariest film I've ever seen. You need to watch it with lights on. And I remember watching it and I was like, the one bit made me jump. <laughs> and I was like, I don't know what's so scary about all this. But yeah, yeah based well, on the true story and all that. So. Well, yeah, based on the true story. But they kind of, since they just had a really good concept of Mr. Boogie. And, Boogool. Um, Boogool. Is he called? Boogool. The guy, he looks like a guy from Slipknot. <laughs> I think that's how I stopped myself from being scared of the film and I was like he's just a guitarist with Slipknot <laughs> but one bit in that film just absolutely shat me up when he's watching him on the screen and his head just popped up oh, I don't, was, it, was, was, it wasn't the uh, lawnmower bit was it uh, that's no it was the bit where the bit in um, the attic when he's watching like, oh. the footage of it, he just he just popped his head in like, "Hello." Yeah, the, the one that got, got me kind of creeped up is uh, the lawnmower bit where you see that see like a lawnmower and I think you see like a head. And it's yeah, just, it's just it's it. You know, it's quite a horrifying image, but I I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. It, it was you know, like middle in reviews, but um, I I was massively surprised by Sinister. Yeah. yeah. Do you have any like horror films that are like sort of guilty pleasures that you know kind of aren't good but you like them? <laughs> what in general? Yeah, because I, w- I watched The Wolfman the other day, the t- 2010 film, and I have <laughs> such a soft spot for that. Film. I don't know why, but I just find it really cool. Uh, I like how they make it the wolf. It look like the original one from like the 30s. And it's like quite a lot of practical effects in it. It's like dead hammy and cheesy, and I think that's why I like it. <laughs> I'd, I'd probably like if we could st- sort of stay on the subject of 2010s horror movies. I've, I, I'm just a mess. I'm a big fan of the Power Activity films. Um, I know they're kind of cheap jump scares, but I just love the the, the found footage genre because it kind of, it kind of forces you into that perspective. And I don't know why. I I just I just finally enjoy the, the found footage genre. Um, even though I can, I, I can understand why people hate those films or are not really scared by them. Yeah. So it was that, that was uh, that's kind of my my guilty pleasure. Um, there was a there was a recent film that came out that again I didn't really have high hopes for, but I thought it was a really good concept. Um, it was uh, Happy Death Day. Oh, I've not seen that. I've heard it. Was, I think you've told me that it was actually really good. Yeah, it's, it's it's Groundhog Day, but uh, you know every day um, she gets killed, and then she has to find out who the killer is or who kills her. Um, you know, it was, and I went I went to the, the the film with very low hopes, and it was actually very surprising. Um, I have a slight hatred for the film because um, we actually parked in the cinema and we didn't put our registration plate in. We got a ticket. Oh no! It further blemishes the film. But I, I, I really enjoyed it. It's um, uh, the lead actress, and I can't remember her name. I'm awful at I remember the names, and but she, she was fantastic in it. Um, 
and it was it's, it's kind of a good murder mystery. Um, okay. I've not seen I've not seen the sequel. Um, Happy Death Day to you, is it? Yeah, um, but it, it was a very surprising film, and you know if if you see it on Netflix or have Amazon Prime, you know, give it a watch because um, you know, it copies from Groundhog Day, but it puts its own spin and twist on it, and it, it, it works. Sounds great. I think we're going to have to leave it there for this time. Yes. But uh, no, I think we talked about some good films, and it's made me want to watch them all again. Yeah, uh, we've not even scratched the surface for horrors. Yeah, so many we can talk about. We'll probably have to do another one of these episodes one day. <laughs> but uh, another <laughs> film that I have bought that I do want to see that I've not watched yet is a uh, Let the Right One In. Oh, is that the vampire? It's the Swedish one. I heard the yes, remake I... is actually really good, but I want to watch the the original Let first the... before I watch that. I watched that. Must have been ten years ago. I think it's a two thousand and nine. A good two thousand and nine horror. So uh... yeah, yeah. So I, I remember watching it. Um, I was still in secondary school, so it would have been two thousand nine, two thousand ten. So it must be yeah. Um, it's it's a brilliant, brilliant film. Um, yeah, because I've I've seen bits of the remake, which was done by Matt Reeves, who's doing the new Batman film, and he did the Planet of the Apes film. So I've I've got high hopes for it. That, uh, yeah, it's, it's, a remake yeah, can be as good as that. So. Yeah, it's, it's it's not your kind of typical horror film, but um, I think you I think you will enjoy it. Um, I was I was surprised I was surprised by it, and it's it's one of my favorite kind of films. Uh, one of my favorite foreign films to kind of watch. It's it's a, it's a very good film. Excellent. Anyway, so we're going to have to leave that there now. Uh, there'll be more episodes coming up. I think we're doing a. A hot takes of Dog Soldiers soon, so just whenever you've watched that, we'll yeah, record the podcast, horror. which I absolutely love that film. And I think we're going to talk about like best 80s films coming up as well. Best and 80s then, films, uh, yeah. We'll do some music ones, so I think best album openers would be a great one to do. Yeah, yeah, there's a, and lots of ideas for the album openers, but yeah, there's plenty of episodes, there's plenty of topics to cover. Yeah, like, so, I, can't, uh, I, I can't like the, uh, just sit down and discuss that type of episodes yeah I look forward to recording them so uh, thanks for listening uh, give us a like and a share on Facebook and uh, stay safe stay safe stay alert <laughs> it could be that it could be in your bread bin oh no <laughs> <laughs> goodbye see you later